Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. What's up? This is Wild from Black Motherfucking Label Society. We need you to come down to the Electric Hellfire Black Label Halloween Bash! October 31st. We'll see you in New York City! One night only! October 31st! Be there! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lift off. It's time to rock. Broadcasting worldwide from John Astronomy's Silver Spacecraft. You are listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. So sit back, grab a drink. Turn up the earbuds and hit that oxygen axle road style. Because this ship has just hit hyperspace. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome the greatest podcasters this side of Mars, Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Hey, welcome to Talking Metal, episode 286. Back here at John's apartment in Jersey City, we have Mike Christie. Hello. From Nonfiction and The Cursed, and Dan Lorenzo, also from Nonfiction and The Cursed, and of course Hades. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So there hey, is thank big you. news in the nonfiction world. You guys are getting back together. We are? Oh, oh that's okay. what are, I, yes. I read it online. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, November 7th, uh, myself, Mike Christie on drums, Kevin Bolenbach on bass, Alan Tecchio on vocals. Nonfiction hadn't played a show together in 10 years, and we're playing Saturday, November 7th at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. Cool. And Nonfiction, of course, put out three records. And you guys had the same lineup for all three records. Is that correct? Well, and actually, we really started with myself, Mike Christie, who's sitting to the left of me, Dan Nastasi from Mucky Pup, who went on to uh, start Doggy Dog and Damon Trotter. But yeah, most people know Nonfiction, the band that really slugged it out for four years, or five years, actually, was the four of us. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to the show at Dingbats November, what is it again? Saturday night, November 7th. Cool. Now, how did it come about that you guys decided to get back together and do this show? Well, we really didn't want to do it, right? But Kevin Bolenbach, the bass player, went yeah. and saw Mucky Pup do a reunion in Teaneck in New Jersey and came back so excited because he was inundated with people going, how come nonfiction doesn't do this? And, you know, Mike and I actually, I think, talked about it. Mike and I also did The Cursed with uh, Blitz from Overkill. And to me, when Mike's on drums and I'm on guitar, it, you know, and even when we did, you know, The Curse of Blitz, the, the Curse is basically, to me, nonfiction with a different vocalist, you know, even though we had a different bass player. Right, Mike? Yeah. It was real similar type stuff. When Mike plays drums to my slow, heavy riffs, I think, there's something very cool happens, but uh, Mike and I occasionally would have ideas about doing nonfiction reunions, but I think Kev at the time wasn't right for Kevin and Alan, and then uh, a few months ago, Kevin said, hey, let's do it. I'm like, listen, I play basketball all summer, but we figured out we pushed the date back to November, and here we are. Now, did you guys stay in touch with each other throughout the years? Me and Dan have, and me and Alan have, and Dan and Alan have, but Kevin slipped off a little bit for a while, doing his own thing, and... So we really, just me and you, and you work with Alan, so. Yeah, I work with Alan at Stepping Out Magazine. We both compete for selling advertising with each other, but Kevin actually stayed in touch with Alan. Those two kind of were buddies, and Mike and I were buddies. I mean, Alan and I work together, but we see enough of each other at work, you know? But um, we, we, I tell you, when we had our first rehearsal a few weeks ago, it was just like we really could have played a show that night, and we wow. hadn't played together in 10 years as nonfiction together. 
And it was this the second rehearsal. I, I was watching Mike, and I'm like, my God, this guy, you got to see him. I know you haven't seen Mike hit the drums live yet, but he hits harder than anybody I know, honestly. Cool. Very cool. Well, we're going to play some nonfiction music. We're going to play some music by The Cursed. We have Max Cavalera coming up. So uh, an interview with him that John did a, a couple weeks back. So let's uh, play some music. We'll start things off with nonfiction and then come back and uh, talk some more metal here. I want to do a song which you told me is going to be in the set. This is Listen, a great song. And this is available on iTunes, so you guys can use the links in today's show notes to open up your iTunes. It'll take you right there. You can download it for 99 cents. Uh, So let's check it out. This is Listen, nonfiction. What year was this? 92. 92. Okay, cool. Nonfiction, 1992. Listen. We think it was 1991. I think um, I wrote a lot of the music in 1989 and 90. Alan put the lyrics together uh, a little bit after that, so we might be off. But it doesn't really matter because it's 2009 and nonfiction are playing our first show in 10 years at Dingbats on Saturday, November 7th in Clifton, New Jersey. And Dingbats is actually one of the only clubs that I've been to in a long time that really has a rock vibe. Sadly, there aren't really any rock clubs in Manhattan anymore, and uh, I had a blast when we played at Dingbats. Oh, you have to get back into what we did together, yeah. right? <laughs> now, we did Screaming Metal. That was so much fun. We'll do that again, but for now, we're pushing the nonfiction show. And yeah, you're right. In northern New Jersey, it's like the only metal club, really, you know? There's some bar that has an ad in Stepping Out, the Heavy Metal Bar or something. Yeah. What, what's that all about? Um, well, they don't have bands there. I think it's just, you know, is it karaoke or karaoke, depending on where you live. But uh, I haven't been there yet. It's one of my accounts. But, yeah, they're just trying to go with the whole metal theme since it's making such a big resurgence. Cool. We'll have to check that out. I was thinking it would be a good place yeah, to, to do, do a, a podcast. Yeah, do a podcast, definitely. Um, so 10 years ago was the last nonfiction show. But the last nonfiction album, It's a Wonderful Eye, was – what it probably more like 15 years ago 95 was it yeah 94 95 and what like 10 years ago when you guys played last was that a reunion show at that time at the rec room in wallington right new jersey cool and and so was that the only time then you guys have played really as nonfiction? yeah so since 1994 this show coming up is the 
second nonfiction show. Really. Yeah, second reunion we've ever done. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, let's and last. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let's get into another nonfiction song right now. It's a wonderful lie. Is the third nonfiction record that was really well received by critics and stuff, but it's a very hard album to fi- find not nowadays. Um, is there a reason why it's not readily available well, on the market? It was the first um, CD we released where we didn't have a deal in the U.S. when it first came out. It came out on SPV in Europe, and the, the release that came out on SPV in Europe was actually the second time we recorded the CD. We made it a demo tape, and unfortunately, sometimes what happens when you make a demo tape on a low budget, all the magic is there. And then we drove up, drove to Saugerties, New York. No, that wasn't Saugerties. Utica, New York. And we re-recorded it for Europe. And there was this, Mike and I weren't inspired. I was like out of love with the band at that point, And it just wasn't a great record. So the European version came out on SPV. And then I landed a deal for us in America on a real fly-by-night label from North Carolina. And uh, that's actually the better version of the It's a Wonderful Lie, actually. When you say the better version, had you gone back then to the demos? For yes, that exactly. Right. It's the demo version, which I, if I listen to the European version on SPV, it sounds terrible to me. Well, I don't know which version I have here, but hopefully yeah, it's the demo version. Okay, okay, cool. Cool. Well, let's get into something off It's a Wonderful Lie, which we play here. You said... Love Like Nothing? Yeah, we'll do that. third album uh, by nonfiction called It's a Wonderful Lie. We'll be playing that song on Saturday, November 7th at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. Very cool. We will be there. Now, guys... Did you buy tickets in advance? I didn't buy an advance ticket. I don't think you'll be able to get in, honestly. We're here to be sold out. You know what? I will... 
definitely check in to <laughs> buy a ticket for that show. Guys, I want to talk about The Cursed. Now, how did you guys get together with Blitz? Because you did mention that The Cursed was sort of like nonfiction with a couple of different other guys. Right. Well, nonfiction opened up for Overkill both in America and in Europe in 1993. And Blitz and Didi were both really big fans of nonfiction, as were the guitar players in uh, Overkill. Yeah, Rob. They, they really dug it. And then uh, Blitz and I stayed friends, and uh, Blitz was a big fan of my first solo CD, Cassius King, and he told me, hey, when you do your next solo CD, you know, I covered uh, Round and Round in my first one, he's like, I want to sing the Aerosmith song. So he came down to the studio, I put the headphones on and I, you know, for uh, my second solo CD, and the song was Bright Light Fright by Aerosmith, and Blitz is like, I never heard this. So I quickly had him sing another song off my second solo CD. Uh, we talked about him doing something on the third CD, which we write together, that didn't pan out. And then finally, he said, listen, you wore me down. He's like, I started, he's like, send me some riffs. Send me some new riffs. So I sent him a song that become, uh, it became uh, One Time. Is that what it's called? I'm not sure which one. <laughs> but Off the Cursed. But that was, a, was that was the name of the song? Yeah. Native one, Tongue? One Time. Well, Native Tongue was probably like the third song. But anyway, so Blitz and I started writing riffs together. And uh, they became songs. And then we did The Cursed. You know, we got, we got it, made a little project out of it. And it was really fun. Both Mike and I really believe in that CD. It was called Room Full of Sinners. And we really wish we would have done more shows because it's a, it's a great record, in my opinion. Yeah, you guys did one show, and even before you did the show, you said you're only doing one show. We did one unannounced show at the reopening of Lemoore on in Staten Island. They tried to oh, redo cool. it. Is that still going? Yeah. Yeah. It was unannounced. It was kind of just a warm-up for the Highline Ballroom, and we did that, and... Thought it was kind of cool to do a grand opening, grand closing. Right, kind of gig, right. You know? absolutely. Yeah. So when you say you wish you would have done more shows, is is that because it would have helped promote the record more and more people would have found out about it? Yeah, which and we knew that really too going in. We know that bands don't sell records unless they tour nowadays. But Blitz said, "Hey, this would be a cool idea. We'll do one show because I think he he wanted to make such a big production of it that we couldn't really go on tour because the budget wouldn't allow that." But I think in hindsight, we should have done some shows like we should have just played Dingbats and played some low key shows. And because we really were a garage band, Blitz always describes us as a garage band. You know, it was his side project from Overkill. It was the first time he ever released a side project. And while we both believed in it so much, I have a day gig where, like I said, I sell advertising for magazines, so I couldn't go on tour. But um, we really should have just done a, a couple shows because the record was really special. We spent a long time writing and rehearsing it, and it came out exactly the way we would have wanted it to, pretty much. And I just wish we gave it a little more uh, you know, juice by playing live shows. How many people does the Highline hold? Uh, probably about under 1,000, I think. You know, I've never been there before. It actually was a really nice room, but what was so dumb of us is our record got delayed, Room Full of Sinners, so we ended up playing there in May. The record came out in June, so we have like Joey Belladonna from Anthrax opening for us, and we don't even we didn't have a record out at the time, and it was also the first metal show, and you know, people kind of get used to going to particular clubs, whether it's the Starland Ballroom or whatever, when you throw a brand new band whose record isn't out, and then a brand new club that nobody's ever heard of, it was like not the best combination of things to get a packed house, but we had a couple hundred people there, and they really dug it, and... I wish we videotaped it and, you know, released that because it was a really good show, actually. Do you think there's ever a chance that you guys might get back together to do another show in the future? It's definitely a possibility. Like, you know, here we're, I'm doing a Hades reunion in April in Germany and in New Jersey. Um, we got Hades hot sauce out. We're doing the Miracle. nonfiction reunion. You know, things never die. Even like I'm sure Mike and I five years ago, we said, nope, nonfiction's dead. It'll never happen again. We'll keep it as a nice little underground thing. And here we are in 2009 doing a reunion show. Cool guys. It's really about Blitz's schedule too, right? I mean, if he got hot to do it again, we'd probably do it, right? Cool. And if you guys haven't seen uh, Blitz talk about the cursed when he was on our Fuse TV show about uh, what year and a half ago at this point, yep. uh, we actually did a little interview with him and and spoke about the cursed. Um, and that clip I just recently discovered has, is up on the Fuse.tv website, so you can check that out. I don't know. Is that linked through our video section? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. I don't think it is, actually. Yeah. yeah, well, it is up there if you search around. on. It should also be pulled from TVGuide.com in the video section of TalkingMetal.com. John, are you complicating things? Yeah, yes. Sure. <laughs> go, to, go to the video section in TalkingMetal.com, and I'm 99.9% sure that's up there. Okay. Well, who knows? Let's get into The Cursed, and then we'll come back and talk about the radio show you guys are doing. And we'll also uh, get into uh, our interview, your interview, with Max Cavalera. This is Evil in the Bag. 
by the cursed. Also from nonfiction, playing at Dingbats, coming up. Thank yes. you for the plugs. And you can buy The Cursed on iTunes. Uh, we'll link that through the show notes. And uh, do yourself a favor and pick up uh, as much nonfiction and uh, The Cursed as you can off of iTunes. You guys still make money off the nonfiction albums? No, we albums? don't. You know, oh, nonfiction albums, you know, we actually signed away our publishing back in the early 90s to um, Concrete Management, who uh, managed Pantera and White Zombie. They gave us back the publishing, but as you know, you said you couldn't even find some of that old stuff on iTunes. A right, while the third back, right? album, yeah, it's yeah. Old, I, I don't know really the status it. right now. I have, I have a piece of fax paper that is disintegrated where you can't even read it anymore, where it says we are allowed to get the publishing back. But to make a long story short, no, we don't get any money recently from nonfiction. It's been a long time. Hmm. Now, did for example, did bands sign away their publishing to a company like Concrete so that? Concrete in return then would do a lot of promotion and other stuff for you right. guys. Right. The idea is, I mean, that's that's the only albums I've ever signed away the publishing was Preface and In the No, and we got like fifty thousand dollars. Alan and I and we split it up, and you do that because you're starving. I mean, it's if you have money in the bank, you would never sell a percentage of your publishing because there's usually money to be made after the fact. But when you're starving and somebody offers you a check for twenty five G's, you take it. You know, even if right. you're losing your publishing. But yeah, they had got us a gig opening up for Pantera. So we thought, hey, this is the start of just one of many things they're gonna do for us to promote nonfiction. And it was the first and last thing they did for us. So, you know, they were nice guys and I know Walter feels bad about it. So he signed off the publishing back to me a couple of years ago, but I've never been able to re re release the stuff to to get the publishing in order actually, you know? Mm. Now you mentioned Pantera, and one thing that I think is cool uh, is that Phil was actually a fan of nonfiction. Right, yeah. And I, I, you told this story, and this will segue into nice the radio segue. show I like that this. you guys are doing. You told this story recently on a radio show that you guys are doing on the live stream, which is uh, something that I'm, I'm running with our friends over at Bionic um, and it's on Live 365. It's com, And every Thursday at 3 o'clock, there is an episode of F-Bombs for Everyone, which is a radio show with Mike Christie and Dan Lorenzo. So, guys, A, thanks for doing that. Yeah, one time you had Mike's name first on the list. I called him Mike. I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. But now Mike and I have had funny phone conversations for years. And now we just basically have taken those conversations and recorded them. We play some music like uh, last week we debuted a song that Mike and I did with uh, Jason McMaster from um, Broken Teeth, Watchtower, Dangerous Toys, a, a rough demo. We're just, we're really, we just really want to thank you for letting us uh, talk on the air. Two imbeciles, you know. 
But uh, yeah, f bombs for everyone is a little radio show that Mike and I have been doing. And yeah, and tell the Phil story. No, I really, I said no. I'm not gonna tell the Phil story. I want people to listen to f bombs. No, I'll tell the story. Um, Alan and I were off to impress in Los Angeles in 1992, I think, or 1991. Doesn't really matter. And um, I saw Phil Ansamo coming out of his hotel room, which is like four doors down from mine. And I walked up to him. and said, hey, Phil, I'm Dan from Nonfiction. I just, I don't know if you know who I am. And before I could finish saying who I was, he started singing the nonfiction song, The My Way, at the top of his lungs. And those are the things that after all these years later that, you know, when you're done, you don't make a lot of money. You're not on the level of Pantera that you always hold near and dear to your heart. You know, nonfiction opened up for Alice in Chains when, when they just had facelift out and we played a. Uh, we played pinball with them. Yeah, world stage in Nanuet, New York. Yeah, and it's just like things like that you remember forever. You take it to your bank. You tell you know your friends, hey, we played with Allison Chains and Phil and Samuel from Pantera actually sang nonfiction songs to me once, which is you know totally badass. Amazing, very cool. Speaking of Nanuet, uh, here's a little kiss fact I got to insert in here. Rock and Roll Over was recorded in Nanuet at a place called the Star Theater. I think I was at that place, World Stage, before. I wonder if it could have been the same place. Probably not. A little kiss trivia. So you guys uh, played pinball with Alice in Chains. Were, were they pretty together? Was Lane well, I think doped it was, out at it that was, point? Or? We didn't see him. He was in the bus the whole time. We we didn't really play anything. Jerry Cantrell was playing um, Tetris next to our pinball machine, and we really... For some reason, we weren't all that friendly with anybody. Yeah, you know what I remember? They did this song, Dirt, in Soundcheck. This was after Facelift just came out, and this is the funny thing. Alice in Chains and Nonfiction. Now, Nonfiction on our own would have done really well up there before, you know, after the record came out, but we played, before Preface came out, we did 126 paid, Alice in Chains and Nonfiction, and then you went to New York, you know, when they had one record and we had none. Good stuff, good stuff. And for more great stories from Dan and Mike, definitely tune in to the live feed Every Thursday at 3 o'clock, every Tuesday night, Talking Metal Live uh, is either live or streaming, uh, so tune in for that. That's 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights. Uh, Marzeri2005 is our friend uh, from over in Spain, Victor. Victor, and he has now a show on uh, the stream, and that is uh, actually comes on after Dan and Mike's show on Thursday uh, evenings. So a lot of new stuff going up on the stream. My friend Eric and I, we did a show recently. There's going to be another Talking Metal live show coming up soon. John, you're welcome to do a show if, yeah. if you want to do the, the solo uh, Kiss show. Or <laughs> That'd something. be great. Uh, yeah, we're, we're uh, opened, and uh, soon the money will start rolling in, and we're all going to just laugh <laughs> ourselves silly with <laughs> dollars just coming down from the sky but uh the problem with the stream right now uh, and i apologize to you guys is it's not listed on itunes so we have no listeners just randomly stopping by it's only the people that that uh you know know about the show and want to tune in um so hopefully soon we'll, we'll get up on itunes and that'll open it up to a new audience uh also just encouraging all you talking metal listeners to to give it a chance i know it's a different format than the podcast here but everything i'm reading says streaming radio with these iphone applications and you can listen on your blackberry and all this stuff is is definitely uh something that is uh gonna get even bigger so check out F-bombs for everyone on Bionic Regal Radio every Thursday at 3 o'clock. You know, and I'm going to say, it sounds like the wave of the future. I still don't have a cell phone, so I understand for you people who are... You know, or like me, not quite embracing technology. You are amazing that Thank you, you don't have a, t- a cell phone. Thank you. He'll probably live, outlive all of us because I know. Yeah, we're probably going to have a brain cancer soon. But anyway, <laughs> I'm at this. It's a happy thought. Yeah. At this point, I can't live without the cell phone. I'm, I'm sure you're like that too, Mark, right? I've had a cell phone since, I think, 1985 yeah. or 84. I, mean, so. I remember once, and this doesn't really have anything to do with metal, but me and you were at a restaurant like many years ago, and you pulled out that cell phone. And, you know, when the waitress came by, I was acting all cool. I was like, yeah, he has a cell phone. How about that? <laughs> Yeah. I swear to God, I was like, man, I'm, I'm at the table with the guy with the cell phone. The, the funniest thing was I had that cell phone. John's talking probably about early 90s. Now, yeah. Which I'd had. A, I had a cell phone like 10 years at that point. But um, just because my, my dad was kind of uh, in the in the business from the beginning. But um, 
I had people who would come up to me and be like, I'll never get a cell phone. And then like a year later, remember that guy Max from down in the East Village, Terry's friend? Yeah, yeah. That guy said to me, I'll never get a cell phone. Never. Oh, that's disgusting. Okay. And then like like a year later, he, of course, had a cell phone. See, and I still uh, say that and, to people. And you, I mean, yeah. you actually can say that to people and uh, have been true to your word. But and, most people, I had so many people tell me, I'll never get a cell phone. Because don't. You think as I know, you know. I think all girls should have a cell phone. I can understand why most people would want a cell phone, but it does. You know, Alan Tecchio, the singer from nonfiction, he he has good manners. He's a great guy. But we're out to lunch. We're having a nice lunch. We're in the middle of a conversation. The cell phone rings, and everything you're doing with the person sitting next to you, it has to stop. The cell phone takes precedence. I don't understand that. You know. Well, it doesn't have to. I mean, you can. But I, people I, have. My, you know, they lost their manners because of the cell phone. You're online at Starbucks, and the, this woman's on on the cell phone. The person at Starbucks is like, "Hey, can I take your order? Can I take your order? Can I take?" And the people on the cell phone, like, "You got right. away from me. I'm on a cell phone. <laughs> I am, you know, queen or whatever." So that's right. what I don't well, like. I, about I, I think rude people are rude people. You're right. The You're cell right. phone, you know, it's, it's just facilitated another, it's in another, rudeness. Is another way that they can express their rudeness. But yeah. uh, if I'm at a dinner with somebody, unless it's like my wife frantically sure, calling sure. me three times in a row, right. I'm not going to pick up. You know, unless I think it's an emergency. Good but, boy. Good boy. Man. Uh, I hear what you're saying. Definitely. So, anyways, uh, on that note, how about uh, John's <laughs> interview here? You want to? Start off with a little uh, sepultura and then uh, check out the interview you did with Max a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Max was a great guy, and it was just a really cool thing to do an interview with him because I've been a fan of all of his work. SoFi is going to be coming out with a new album next year, so uh, a lot of cool stuff in store for Max. So why don't we start out with some sepultura? What song do you want to play? Roots, Bloody Roots. Cool. So let's do that. We'll get into the interview and then about Eye for an Eye off of SoFi. Sounds good. Talking Metal on the line all the way from Arizona. We have Max Cavalera from Soulfly and Cavalera Conspiracy. How are you doing, Max? I'm good, man. How are you? Great. I really appreciate you taking the time out. And you have such a busy schedule. You guys just finished up summer dates with both Soulfly and Cavalera Conspiracy. And you're about to go on tour with Prong and Cattle Decapitation. And I'm wondering, how are you still finding time to work on the new Soulfly record? Uh, just a little bit. You know, there's a, there's like a three-week window between uh, the end of the Cavalera Conspiracy uh, shows that I just did and uh, the next Soulfly tour. So in, in that little time, I just put some riffs together. Um, but I'm going to start working mostly uh, dive into the new material after the U.S. tour is over. That's when I'm going to get seriously into the new album. 
Very cool. Now, I've heard that this album is going to be shorter and more aggressive than Conquer, almost similar to the way Slayer did Rain in Blood. Yeah, that's the kind of the idea behind it. That's the, the vibe I'm getting from the songs, from the riffs that I'm, I got so far. Um, I got like uh, eight eight songs half written, kind of, and they are giving this idea of a real energetic, really adrenaline, powerful kind of record. Very cool. Now, after the tour, you guys will then go into the studio. Do you get together in like a rehearsal-style situation first, or do you just jump right into the recording studio? No, we go right to recording, and uh, we do a lot of, uh, of writing in the studio. Great. Together, together with material that I bring from home, um, that's kind of a, a combination of that and the songs that would eventually develop in the studio. So we just jump right into the studio. Very cool. And now the album is slated for like an early 2010 release? Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Beginning of next year, yeah. Now, how did you pick the bands that you're going to take out on tour with you, both Prong and Cattle Decapitation? Yeah, I was really excited when I hear that those uh, bands were available. That was uh, submitted to our booking agent, and I I saw that in the list. And uh, I've been a Prong fan for a long time, and uh, I got to actually play with Prong in, in Sepultura days with Pantera. We did... Um, a short tour, um, and I remember really, really being a fan of those guys. I really loved their material, and so when I saw their name, I was like, "Yeah, that'll be a kick-ass if they if they can do it." So we called them up, and they accepted. And then Cattle Decapitation too. There was a they were one of our newer, my uh, favorite new bands that coming out in the last couple of years. So. I'm excited for the bill, and then Mutiny Within is just a new, brand new band from Roadrunner, and I also like it. So I think it's going to be uh, it's a pretty kick-ass bill. I think I think it'll be a good good uh, amount of music for the fans for the whole night. No doubt about it. Uh, I know you guys are scheduled to play a place called the Gramercy Theater in New York, which is uh, a great place. Not sure if you've ever been there yet, but a great metal venue, and we're looking forward to seeing you that night at the show. Yeah, man, I think it's going to be kick-ass. Uh, we're we're still touring for Conquer, so we're going to be playing a lot of material from Conquer, like Blood, Fire, War, Hate, Unleash, uh, Warmageddon, and uh, also from all the other six albums from Supply. It's about an hour and a half set list that I have, with uh, includes a lot of the uh, a lot of the new stuff and the old material as well. So it should be pretty cool. Now I wanted to ask you about some of the previous gigs you've recently done. You recently went out with Cavalera Conspiracy, and uh, you have a new bass player, Johnny Chow, who we know from uh, the Fireball Ministry days. Yeah, Johnny just uh, joined Cavalera Conspiracy, and it's been great. He's a great guy. Um, really brings a lot. Uh, him, him and his beard brings, <laughs> a, brings a lot of, of attitude into the Cavalera camp. And, uh, yeah, we just did some shows. Uh, the last two shows we did was in Austria and Russia. In Austria, it was a, a festival we were open for the Offspring. Cool. And it was a really kick-ass show. And then Moscow was a headline uh, 2000 venue headline show we did in uh, so it was great great congratulations and what i like about both you and igor's kind of approach to cavalera conspiracy is that you guys do it for fun when you guys have time and, th- and that way anytime you're working together it doesn't seem like you know you're forced to do it you guys are doing it because you want to have some fun and go out there and you know rock out together yeah that's the idea behind it you know and that's how we're going to keep doing it. and it will be another record eventually uh i don't know when that's in the future it's still but uh, I'm still gonna do some more shows, and just just like that, we pick up from time to time. I'm gonna go see him again and get together, do the shows, and then we don't see each other for a couple of months, and then we get back together again and do some more of that. So it's uh, it's kind of cool because it keeps it fresh. Yeah, no doubt. And plus, it never makes it seem like work. Whereas there's just a lot of bands that I know get forced into going to make records, going out and tour, and then they kind of seem like they get sick of it. And uh, I love this approach because you'll never get sick of doing that. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. And then uh, and Igor loves it too, and it works out great for both of us. Cool. Now, here's kind of a, a weird question. You guys shared the stage with Sepultura for the first time at the Devilside Festival in Germany. Now, how was that playing with those guys? You know, on the same bill. Yeah, uh, we were in the same people, but not on the same stage. We were in uh, separate stages. Oh, okay. Uh, we were in a totally different side of the of the festival. So, 
Uh, I didn't get to really see them at all. I just uh, just know they were on the bill, but you know, I didn't get got any contact with them. Oh, okay. Now, one of the gigs that you recently did, and I think it's just such a great thing that you're organizing and putting this together, is you just had the 13th annual uh, Memorial, the Delo show, with great bands like Insight and Primer 55. How was that show? That was awesome. The Dana shows are all really, really uh, great because it's... Um, it's a show that's in memory of Dana to keep his memory alive, and the crowd was really chanting uh, uh, Dana his name before the show started. So that was really emotional, and we had a lot of good men, like you say, like like Inside Primer Fifty Five and Sadis. Uh So it was a great night, you know, great great Phoenix crowd, so you know, almost sold out and. Uh, Really supportive crowd, really, really cool night. Yeah, and thanks for doing that. I think it's a perfect way to keep Dana's memory alive, and, and I'd love to someday make it out your way, and you know, maybe I can attend the 14th annual show. Yeah, you should, man. That it's would be great. Blast. Definitely. We were talking about some of the new bands you're listening to, and that was going to be one of the questions that I had, but do you listen to anything that isn't really metal at the moment? A little bit of... Um the major laser, I think uh, it's one of the things I listen to that I like that's coming from a different side of music. And um, I listen to some uh, some European like dub, like from from England. Very cool. And France, they're, they have like it's mostly instrumental stuff, you know. So there's not really not not really vocals, no lyrics. It's really, really basic instrumental music, but it's really cool. Cool. Now, one of the coolest stories I heard is uh, I, I did an interview with Dave Grohl, and he was telling me when he was coming up with the idea to do ProBot, he didn't know what the reaction was going to be to him asking guys like you to be on the record. So basically all you guys said, look, send us a track, and then you guys would put your vocals on it, and then you came out with like a great record, and Red War I just think is one of the coolest tracks, and we played that on Talking Metal long ago when we first started the show, and how was it doing that with Dave? Uh, it was great. I remember he uh, at, at that time when he first called me, I thought he was nicknamed the, the, the Project Fat X. Oh, cool. Because he was Fat Xing stuff for all these singers. Um, he sent me a CD with five songs, and, and and then for me to pick one, and I pick Red War. That was my favorite one. I just love the beat. It remind me of uh, of territory a little bit. Cool. So it was something that was really easy for me to get a, a grasp on it because of the uh, of the vibe of the song. And I just went in the studio and I wrote the lyrics and uh, call it Red War, and then you know, boom, it's done. And I just got a call back from Dave. He said he loved it. He really really dig the track. And uh, I actually got to play that with Soulfly on the last European tour. Uh, so we, we'll probably play that on a U.S. tour as well. I cannot wait to hear it, man, for sure. So, Max, I just wanted to thank you very, very much for taking the time out. I know you have a, a really busy schedule, and uh, thanks for talking some metal with us, man. Yeah, man, no problem. Nice nice uh, for being on the show. Thank you very much. And we're looking forward to seeing you when you come down to New York. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Hello, everybody. This is Max Cavalera from Soulfly Cavalera Conspiracy, and you listen to Talking Metal. I'll see everybody on tour.
That was Eye for an Eye by Soulfly. We are back here at the official Talking Metal home base, my apartment, <laughs> also called the Silver Spacecraft. And we are with Mike and Dan from Nonfiction. Hello. Cool. I wanted to also just get a couple plugs in there. The Talking Metal t-shirts are just... Selling like hotcakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyways, buy yourself a Talking Metal t-shirt. We have the store section of Talking Metal up and running and you can purchase your own t-shirt you know jason jayhawk just yes. sent me a picture that's great we, let's post that in yes. the news section we absolutely will, will be a, a picture of jason jayhawk modeling his uh <laughs> talking metal t-shirt and it looks cool somebody famous elton brown the yeah. the guy from good eats on the okay. food network and he's right. also like the commentator on iron chef Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a fan of his, so I, I thought that was pretty cool because initially I'm looking at the uh, picture of Jayhawk with the shirt, and I'm like, is that Elton Brown? And then and then I read, and he says he went to a book right. signing, and he yeah. wore the Talking Metal shirt, so very, very cool. Yes, if you have did. a shirt and you're with a celebrity, take a photo. Yeah, um, even- I haven't got any Talking Metal t-shirts yet. I've the... Uh- and you guys want to be in the guest list for the nonfiction show, right? All right, we'll, yeah. we'll work something out. Believe it or not, I paid for my own. T-shirts. Oh my god! Yeah, it's a, you it's pay a, for everything. It's, it's a deal that we have with this. It's like a, they don't send us the t-shirts. It's this company, oh, uh, right? But they're good quality. Right. Yeah, they're, they're like and, real uh, good shirts. Yeah. So, but I'll, I'll get you a t-shirt. Don't right. worry about. It. Yeah. Hey, maybe we should introduce you guys. What do you mean? Oh at, yeah, you at want the gig? It? Sure. Yeah. Oh. You're not going to wear that crazy space outfit, are no, you? No, no. But be, we're, we're going to have CC be Banana. CC Banana. Please. We did a show called Screaming Metal with the guys you're listening to. Myself, John and Mark from Talking Metal, Alan Techie on vocals, Ron Lipnicki on drums. And nobody, nobody told me we're about to go on stage. I haven't played a show in years. I'm really nervous. I want everybody off the stage. The next thing you know, a six-foot banana is on stage <laughs> right in front of my equipment introducing us. And I'm like... Who, who, who decided this? Where was I when we talked about this? But anyway, guys, thanks so much for having us. We want to promote one more time. Saturday night, November 7th, one night only. Nonfiction at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. The website is dingbatsnj.com for advanced tickets. We're going to go on around 1130, and we're going to be heavy. Cool. And stay tuned to MTV2's Headbangers Ball. We're going to be up there with some new content back on the air very soon. Uh, talking, uh, hopefully this will this will happen. But talking with the people over at Revolver, uh, doing an episode with them. They have a very cool calendar coming out. Uh, the hottest chicks in metal, 2010. Uh, Angela from Arch Enemy, as well as other people I, who I forgot off the top of my head. But um, they actually shot a lot of these photo shoots. We have the footage, and I think we're going to bring it to you on MTV2 during an episode of. Headbangers Ball. So, see, yep. Stay tentative. tuned. That's tentative. Yeah. And what else? How about uh, the news section? If you do have a Talking Metal t shirt, we will post your picture in the news section. If yes. You, if, you, if you email it in. Please. And uh, I guess that's it, right? Send us an email yeah. at talkingmetal at yahoo.com. Check out the Talking Metal Forums at talkingmetalforums.com, run by all the great guys over there. And what else should people do? Go visit Dan Lorenzo's website. Yeah. DanLorenzo.com. No, dot net. Dot net. Come dot on. Net. I'm sorry. Com I'm is a sorry. Little, a boy from Indiana who runs track. I don't know why he feels <laughs> he needs a website. <laughs> Hey. Mike, do you have any uh, Mike Christie dot? No, no. no. How about well, a MySpace yeah. page? I have a, um, well, I have a thing. It's not metal, but it's called Nolan's Volans, and that's at MySpace, Nolan's Volans Music. And it's just a one man band, it's just me playing everything. And it's not, cool. it's not super heavy. Some of it's a little rock and roll, but not really for your audience, I don't think. <laughs> hey, well, support it anyway. Yeah, support all things that we tell you to support. And the F-bombs. <laughs> when is F-bombs on again, Dan? Thursdays three at o'clock. 3 o'clock. Yeah, Thanks a lot, Mark, for the opportunity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, you said you used to listen to Talking Metal long before you... Uh... I was driving a truck for a couple of years, and I would listen to you guys religiously. And I found, kind of found you by accident on the um, podcast section. Oh, cool. Right. And I just fell in love with it right away, and it's Thank a you, pleasure man. to meet you guys. Yeah, hey, it's a pleasure yeah. to have you down here and on Talking Metal. Thanks very much, and I feel sorry for anybody who had to listen to us. <laughs> no, no the driving the truck part is what you should feel sorry about. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Mike, and we will see you at the nonfiction show at Dingbats. We're both going to be there. At least, I think we're both going to be there, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, we got to buy our tickets now because yes. I think I'll look be, out for you guys. It we'll will definitely sell t-shirts. out. Sounds good. Cool. And this is my way by nonfiction to take us out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.